Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? This is for real. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Wino Talk. Yeah, street wine. (sighs) I'll be honest with y'all. Usually me and Andy knock out all the podcast episodes in terms of regular, uh, current, up-to-date, current events, and all things topical. And then we knock out the email episodes. But every now and then, if we get a certain start during the day. Or pizza. Uh, or that too. Yeah. Um, we have to try to calculate our hours in terms of, yo, we're going to be off. We need to put X amount of podcast episodes together to uh, fill in the void of us being off. Blah, blah, blah. And sometimes we don't get to all we don't get to do it all in one session. So we go after we do our show, and this is really only the second time this has ever been done. No, we did it once before, way early in the podcast, where we really? went on a Sunday. We went to the bar and did it. Okay, at the club. But so, either yeah, way, yeah, but not very often. We got to fill in yeah. the, the 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 most necessary episode um, before we call it a night. All that being said. Here's the scenario. So I'm apologizing early. So what's the scenario? I've I've had a couple of shots of tequila and uh, my normal Tito's vodka and sugar-free Red Bull. Andy had his wonderful drink of, what is it called? An old-fashioned. An old-fashioned. I thought it was something with Levishevitz. <laughs> and the bartender looked at me like I was fucking crazy. <laughs> that being said, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being fucked up. I'm not a ten, but I'm definitely past five. Yeah, you're you're at a you're at a soft seven. Soft seven. So we're gonna muscle through this email episode, and hopefully, uh, I don't want to use the word drunkenness, but my white girl foolery, hopefully, won't catch up to me where I'm woo and showing my tits. Okay, so here we go. I wish I was more of a soft, like I had a soft seven. Really? Like a soft seven would be good. Okay. So where are you right now? No, I'm uh I'm only like a 
like a three. Okay. That's, I'm, not, I'm not caught up That's to a you. cool place to be. Yeah. And, and here's what I liked is the fact that you were willing to guard yourself because we were sitting at the bar talking with two fellow ex-New Yorkers. Um, and what was your name of your drink again? Old Fashioned. Old Fashioned. The guy goes, Andy, you want another one? And you went, nah, I do, but nah. Nah. So you were you were looking out for the podcast. Yes, well, I knew one of us had to be, I had to be, a, first of you all. You had to be the sober driver. I can fuck this shit up sober. Okay. I also can't remember shit who uh, names, I can't even speak straight right now, but I can't remember a lot Something of people's Something tells names. me you're going to be better right now. I can't remember a lot of people's names sober. So All right. hopefully this loosened up my brain So long bit. story short, I, I probably had about four shots of Patron uh, and then my Tito's, but I really think I'm okay. We'll know because when I read these emails, it might be $10 everything. <laughs> So that being uh, said, yeah, that, that's, so we're we should probably call this uh, the uh, what'd you say? We uh, I don't know, but fucked up emails, fucked up emails. <laughs> okay, holy night, silent night. Everybody's gonna be listening to this. It's gonna be oh, you know what? This is like uh, this is our first episode. That people all hear. is calm. First email episode after the New Year. All is bright. This is a 2021 email. Yes. And now the chorus. Holy s- oh, Steve. <laughs> hey, before we jump into the emails, we got to remind you, yes. Spearsburg dot. No, sorry, Spearsburg pod. Is where you can go find us uh, and get all the information uh, on our social social media. And it is Twitter, everything, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon is all under Spearsburg Pod. Yes. And uh, what was we had a new email address too that we're we're phasing in. It was still under Spears. Wasn't it still all everything under Spearsburg? Uh, I thought we were doing SpearsburgPod.com. Uh, okay. It might but be. It, we might not be. Stick stick with what you got so far. Uh, this is going to be a very loose episode. Yeah, nigga. I'm looking at the time going. We five minutes in. Let's just survive. All right. Uh, so here we go. Now we're, we into this. We did We did have good shows. And uh, here we, we should give a shout out to West Palm Improv. Yeah. They were, they were very attentive. Great crowds. Uh, very nice. They listened. Uh, I had to cuss. Two groups of people out, a young group of something, 18 to 20 year olds. On my behalf, you did too. On, my, on your behalf. Yeah. And uh, another table of drunk insubordinates. Which I never even heard these guys because they were in the back row yelling I out. I shut them down, nigga. In the back, if you're in the back row and you're yelling out, you got to be loud to ruin the show. Or you got to have a nigga that's willing to scare the shit out of your white ass. Because <laughs> when them young kids started yelling, I said, shut the fuck up. I, show I, etiquette. I never even heard them because they were so far back in the room. Well, thanks to me, nigga. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. All right. First one from one of our regulars, Sergio Shosha. All right. He said, subject, why men get upset if their women gives head to another man? Yo, Aries and Andy. The reason men get upset about the head thing is how head is viewed by by both men and women. It's a power control thing. Both people giving and receiving think they are think they are 
control. You were supposed to say in, brother. But okay, we'll forgive you because you are regular. But $10 you, nigga. The man feels powerful having a woman bow down and suck at his dick. On the other hand, women think that her head skills are making the man look retarded. I've never had head on a level that makes me look retarded. But I get what you're going for. But overall, men know that if their women gives head and or sex, that the other man got her mind. That's worst. And then he spells it W-O-R-S-T instead of worse. Well, I like my worst on, on bread, right? Is that what worse comes on? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And usually crushes us. But when we step out, we do just for the sex. Take care. I'll send you guys some more emails on different topics. Day one, Sergio Sosa. Um, that wasn't a whole. That was five dollars. A lot of money. There wasn't that. It wasn't that big mistake. Might have been half. Um, what do you think about that? Again, dude. I, I. It depends on what you like. Again, I personally am not a, a fan of over the top head. I like enough to get me started. Uh, I, and I said this before. I think when a man enters a woman's body, it's more personal because it's a deep connection. But you can look at the glass half full, half, half empty in terms of that. Uh, I get what you're saying, but it just depends on what affects you more. Um, I, see, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because I, I think that I still think head is, is still fooling around like – no, let me let me rephrase this. I don't think I don't want my girl to go suck up somebody else's dick. What I'm saying is, is that if I met a girl who sucked a bunch of dicks but didn't fuck a lot of guys, that would bother me less than a girl who didn't suck any dick and fucked every guy. Listen, however you look at the math is on you. I guess um, you're right. I just personally, for me speaking, um, and I know this is selfish and fucked up. I would rather you not give yourself to anyone because again. As macho as men try to be, we are fragile. We are probably more fragile and more sensitive than women. Uh, and as gay as it sounds to admit that, that's the truth. Uh, Chris Rock had a great joke where he once said, never ask your girl how many partners she's been with. Yeah. Because you can't handle it. Yeah, you don't so if a dude answer. goes, I've been with 47 bitches, that makes you look like a pimp. If a girl goes, I've been with five men. Five? Five? Oh my God, not five. Well, I guess that's just how you was raised. Well, the rule is, in uh, girl lore, since I'm not a girl, I'm just going to tell you what I've understood from girl lore, is that you're never supposed to say it's more than five. You, you're not, listen, no man can handle the truth in terms of more than him. We want to all believe in a naive way that you're virgins, nobody's ever fucked you, nobody's ever plowed through your uterus, and nobody's ever given you the biggest, girthiest, longest, thickest dick but us. That, and even though we know that's a lie, and you obviously, before you met him, you had a history, you had a life, whatever happened before you shouldn't matter. Nigga, it was before you. She had a life. But again, if we're being honest, egotistical... Men can't handle that. Because well, we want women to make good decisions. Not only that, we want to feel like King Dingling. No, that is it. But I'm saying, you know, we want you to... I'm saying that because we want you to believe that we're the ones. And that you right. only wanted to sleep with us because you make good decisions. Right. Yeah. 
So there that is. Uh, yeah. Did you? I, and I and, and and Sergio, I know you sent me more than one email, particularly saying that you were looking forward to me and Andy being there at the end of January in Chicago, which is where you reside. And I told you because of COVID, uh, that date is being changed. Yeah, and so, so it's unfortunate because I really love Chicago. Technically, it's where I'm from. I was born on the south side of Chicago. I don't claim it. I claim New York because home is where you lay your hat. And I've always laid my hat in Manhattan. Were you, but how old were you when you left Chicago? It, a baby, nigga. So I, I mean, don't remember it's hard anything. To, yeah, it, yeah. 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 So. Um, do you want to make this? Can we make this more? It can, take this a little deeper on this? Okay. Do, do you? Oh, so you just like a girl to get you started, though. Yes. So you don't want to finish. No. Have you ever finished? With head? Yeah. Yes. With the whole swallow and everything. Yeah. So how did... Now, if you have to rate that, do you want a girl that swallows or doesn't swallow? It just... I Listen, nothing feels like pussy. So so head is great. It's like if you've ever been to Del Frisco's, if you've ever been to Roof Chris, all the appetizers are amazing. But there's nothing like that steak that comes out sizzling off the plate with the smell of grease and butter. Okay. I'm a main meal nigga. But being that you use Ruth Chris, Ruth Chris as the example. Right. Like, if you're going to blow me and it's gonna, we're going we're gonna to finish. Right. I'll take you to the Ruth Chris uh, thing that you just did. I don't want to feed you. And then you go. <laughs> mm. <laughs> if, you, if we're going to finish, finish. Yes. Don't finish what you started. Yeah. Don't don't but, don't take it out. Don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. But again, if you're a head guy, and head is the end all be all for you, most some dudes go, "I'm all head, fuck sex," which I'll never agree with no. or understand. But again, it's the appetizer. It's what makes your toes curl. It's what makes you, makes you stretch your calf muscles. You arch. But dude, nothing's better than the main meal. Okay, here's I'm gonna say this. Uh, sometimes, if your girl just wants to blow you and take care of you, and you don't do anything, you don't have to. You we we put effort in when we're fucking, right? And it's just for you. She gave that to you. That's right. a gift, dude. That's a gift. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but but you know that's what I'm saying. This is a hard topic. Because the each his own. Yeah. My boy Ivan, he's a head fanatic. I've just never been a head fanatic. It's great. Visually, it looks great. It feels st- stupendous. But n- there's nothing like coming in that box. Dude, I, I honestly, this is the thing that... It, I, I don't know what age it disappeared. <laughs> but I wish, I, I wish our dicks... And maybe some dudes have that forever dick that lasts forever. But when I was younger, I, I, could, I could get a blowjob and still fuck after the blowjob. That was the greatest. After you've come? Yeah. Fuck you. That was the greatest. You a round two nigga. And, and, and still come again the second yeah, time. Yeah, I'm a Mike Tyson first hit a quitter. <laughs> I would. That's what I wish. If it, you know, that's my wish. That's going to be right. my wish every year for Christmas. That I want at least thirty days of old nineteen to twenty two year old dick. <laughs> I don't like how I said that. <laughs> I don't. I want, I want my nineteen to twenty two year old dick okay, reattached 
you know, uh, yeah, reconditioned. There you go. Okay. Uh, from a girl, and, and now I'm glad I'm reading this because, again, she hit me up and was like, oh, and I'm going to read it right here. Uh, Deidre Ann Johnson. Before I, fin- before I read this email, again, we know we got Shannon, Cece, Farah, Shamar, uh, AB. Uh, and I often skip her, and she's adamant about this. So, yes, baby, you are part of the club. You're on the list. Deidre Ann Johnson, uh, subject Tom Hardy. Hey, guys, I'm going to keep writing until y'all acknowledge me as one of the faithful females who listen and support your podcast, which we just did, baby. I like the faithful females. We need to. We need some more faithful females. We need to come up with something. I need more faithful females to not cheat on your pimp. I'm the pimp, and y'all my bitches. All right. Uh, Honestly, the rapport the two of you guys, the, the, the rapport the two of you have is unparalleled. Well, there, well, there is another podcast where the hosts vibe, but not like y'all. I love the political stuff, the movie stuff, and the email stuff. I commend y'all on how you are progressing and take notes as I look to venture into the world of podcasting myself. Having said that, I think one movie podcast idea is a look at Tom Hardy, specifically Warrior... The Drop, Bronson, Locke. And then she puts in parentheses. The entire movie is on him driving his taxi. Unbelievable. All right. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Boxing Day. Deidre Ann. And Festivus for the rest of us. Yes. One of the movies I watched on the plane ride over was a Guy Ritchie movie, Rock and Roller. Yeah, it's a good movie. Have you ever seen that? it's a good movie. And again, this is where I tip my hat to my man, Godfrey. We don't have it. Guy Ritchie seems to do these movies that are based in British background. You know, all these, you know, the characters have accents and all that. Um, And I'm a Tom Hardy. I like Tom Hardy. And I've seen pretty much everything he's ever done. I didn't know in this movie until I watched it, he plays a homosexual. And at one point, what's my man's name? Clive Owen. He's supposed to be going to jail. And the night before he goes to jail, Clive Owen is planning this big celebration bash for him. Hookers, whatever, drinks, all the fucking intoxicants. And they're in the car, and Tom is basically telling him, I don't want strippers. I want you. Uh... And, you know, he sells it. Um, I like Tom Hardy. I think he's raw. He's a really good actor. One of my favorite movies is that movie with him and Shia LaBeouf. Where it's a time, it's a peace period. And they play dudes. It's like, you know, in the era of making your own liquor. Illegal liquor. Moonshine and all of that. Everything Tom seems to do has a level of gangster to it. And I like Tom. It threw me that he was playing a homosexual in this. Um, but even in that, he was good. I I think Guy Ritchie he lends a, a a unique look to the movies. Even even the um, uh, Sherlock Holmes things that he did. Did he do the Sherlock Holmes yeah. movies with Robert Downey? Yeah, really. That's a Guy Ritchie. That I didn't know that. It has a different. It has a. There's always a look to his movies. Right. That he does. Uh, even more so with the uh, the the all made for more that British audience. Right. 
Uh, but he really gives you that British culture. Like he throws that in there, so you mm. get to see it. I, I think I like what he's done there, Guy Ritchie. And then Hardy, though, with his movies, he does a lot of period piece movies, though. And sometimes it's hard for me to stay in that moment unless that movie really has something intriguing to me. Is there a favorite Tom Hardy movie you have? No, I don't. All right. But Clive Owen, when you brought up Clive Owen, one of my favorite movies, my, one of my favorite movies is the one with him and Denzel. Is that Clive Owen? I think, yeah, it is. The one where they break into the safe and they build that fake wall and he has to stay in there for a few days. Oh! And, and, uh, and Denzel uh, is the, is the, the, uh, the officer. I want to say 25th Hour, but I know that's not it. I don't think that's The it. Inside Man. Yeah. That's a great movie. Right. It's, it's very just... It never got like this big popular acclaim, I don't think. But right. it was just a really good movie. Right. Um, Guy Ritchie did this movie called... I feel like I'm about to fuck this up. Called Snatch. Yeah. That's a really... That, yeah. And in the movie, I remember there's this one scene with Brad Pitt. And he literally says... Instead of dogs, dags. You like dags? Um, and this is what kind of what Godfrey was talking about. There's a a European flair yeah. to all of Guy Ritchie's movies, yeah. whether it's Idris Elba's in it, whoever he casts in it. Everything is real British, you know? And it's, all, it's like Godfrey's joke. Although, I mean, it, it, there's this gangster feel, but... British, um, and as and as and as an actor, you go. I would love to do that because you're a dude first. Anything gangster yeah. you want to do, but then they have to conquer the British accent. But it also helps you get into that character because that's a whole other person that you're not, right? Right. So it takes you to that right. next level. Did you see the? Is it is it the gentleman something gentleman with the. Um, this is where I do this all the time. It's not working better to have a drink before. Um, well, it ain't no different from when you know. No, no, no. I know. Um, uh, what's the dude's name? The uh, I can't even remember the line that he does. It's the famous line. Um, all right, all right, all right. That, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, did you see that? Uh, it's the, is it The Gentleman? Yes. You know what? I, I, I have that on my DVR recorded. I have yet to watch dude, it. Dude, watch it. And my man is in that... Um, the one who got with the hookers, Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. And we had an earlier episode where I was uh, someone commented on the on me saying something about uh, who's the chick that I said her face she had all the plastic. Nicole Kidman. And I know it's different because it's a man, and I know men are treated different. But he he's not aging very gracefully. Hugh uh, Grant. Yeah. Again, white people, y'all just. Historically, but, but he's letting that happen. It's it's who he is. But we can accept it because we're dudes. We we know that's just par for the course. And as long as we get some ass, we we age <laughs> distinguishedly. If that's a word, we we we're distinguished. Yeah, it gets, when we age. Yeah, uh, women just get women are treated as though they're just old. I, I, again, school of Patrice. Patrice went, a, a millionaire or a billionaire retarded dude can still fuck. A billionaire retarded woman is fucked. She can't get dick. I, Maybe I think, she can. I think that's changing now, though. I think it's changing. Okay. I think. I'm not sure. But clearly the dude is fucking for the money. I Yes. 
But I, I still like, I like that, you know, I like some of that old Hollywood when the older actresses would just age gracefully and, and be who they were. I think we're, I think we're, tra- this, this Botox and your face not Ah, moving. times have changed. I'm Brett Butler. Yeah. <laughs> Back in my day when we did the pictures, the women aged gracefully and they still were usable. There weren't that many pussies around. So we had to take what we had. But now there's a smorgasbord of smorgasbord of vagina. So once you pass 40, bitch, your time is up. Brett Butler, yeah? Signing off. See, I'm not trying to make it sound shitty towards women. I really just But that's the game. It is the, but I really like when women age gracefully. I think it looks I think it looks attractive. I think, all, I'd rather see But age. all the women who have great who have aged whatever you want to call it gracefully how many of them are working now i don't other than than and again julia roberts is one of the al pacino or de niro's of women meryl street same thing other than meryl street julia Moore. she's aged throughout her movies okay she works somewhat consistently sandra bullock yeah uh uh julia roberts meryl street that's four. But some of the hot ones from back in the day, Michelle Pfeiffer. But Melanie Michelle Griffith, Pfeiffer's like 70 years old now. Meg Ryan, all of them done. Meg Ryan, she got she got plastic surgery again. I'm telling you. Stay in the game. But I'm telling what I what I, I guess I'm trying to say is I'd rather you see your age and watch you grow as a human. Accept it. And accept it than have surgery and you look you you look weird. I'd rather see you age than look weird. Like I said, plastic surgery for women is what steroids are to men in athletics. You're trying to stay in the game, baby. If you don't notice it, I guess it's fine. But it, it just see too many people trying to to to. to try. I mean, you want to remove some lines, a little neck or whatever. I, right. I I can understand that, but you can't keep. You can't keep. There's only so much you can pull it back. I hear you. I hear you, and I like women. I want. I. I, I I'm going to get older. I want to. I want to age with someone. Right. But you never hear of uh, Sean Connery, Botox, this old guy, surgery, this that old guy. We, and again, it's it's unfair, it's hypocritical, but these are the rules to which we play. Men don't. Men aren't held under the same. Rules that women are held upon in terms of maintaining your beauty so that you can keep in the industry. Well, one is men are getting Botox because they do try to remove some lines. They do that. I know men do that. But I'm saying this to the ladies out there. I think you're beautiful, and I just want to see you become who you are, not try to hold back what Mother Nature is going to do to you no matter what. Right. That's that's it. Right. Uh. Jay Brown. I want to say this is a woman, but I'm not sure. <coughs> COVID. Yep, I knew he was going to say. Uh, what's good, fellas? Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Ye, my last letter, didn't get read, but fuck it. $10, a lot of ye, he, LOL. Hope all is well. Love you guys. Uh, lo- well, as well, love you guys. Got me through a lot of BS Reason I'm writing is because recently I heard Andy talking about he couldn't find a PS5, and I tripped out because I thought somebody of his status 
will be able to get one, especially after hearing Aries talk about it. I talk about he has two. I hope you shoot him one. I'll put down. I'll put down if anything. I understand shit. I want one too. It's only right. Shit, y'all had me. Real shit, real nigga out. Um, yeah, man. I I I, I went above and beyond the lengths of what was necessary to get one. And I've played some of my dudes online. They went, nigga, you paid what? Hell no. And listen, I get it. Anybody ain't got that kind of paper or that kind of opportunity. Um, I don't, again, I'm, I'm spoiled. I don't like waiting in line. I don't like being told no. I haven't had to wait in line and I don't get told no often. So if I can afford it, I'm doing what I got to do because I will always look out for me first. See, I, when okay, first of all, I probably could have found one for what Aries paid for one. But if I really had status, uh, they would have brought me one. That would have been status, right? If I would have had decent status, they would have just someone would have found one for me at a at a Best Buy or something for the for the the what it's supposed to be, which is four ninety nine. No six. What do you get? Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine is what they're, they're. Oh, that's for the uh, non digital. There's the four ninety nine and five ninety nine. I haven't even heard that. Four ninety nine six hundred is the retail. Four ninety nine five ninety nine. Really? There's two, there's two editions. Okay. Uh, but here's my here's my thing with that. Uh, the reason I don't worry about it, even though I wanted to get it for my boys for Christmas, my son Max was born in January. And if they come out in time in January, I just get them one in January. Otherwise, I get them a, uh, a gift certificate to Best Buy and tell them to handle it himself. Listen, I probably could have waited. And you could have waited inside, for one. I got to have both. See, you could have had one and just walked downstairs to play the game, or nah. Nigga, and then fuck when the that. other one when the other one came out when it when they were at the stores, then you could have just got it for the other room. Again, I don't listen. I don't splurge on much. Uh, and when it's something I feel is worth splurging for, I go all out. Dude, the people who's been talking about your jeans for the la- this last week at the oh. at the club, they're going to tell you you don't splurge. They're going to say you should have kept some of that PS Five money and bought some new jeans. I don't mind it. I don't fucking mind. I know that's your look. Listen, I I, I, I spend money on few things, uh, especially at my forty five year old age where I'm not out to impress motherfuckers. Uh, ham. Okay, I'll tell you what else you spend money on and see if I'm right. Anything video games. And anything pussy. Okay, and here's the smaller expenses. Uh-oh. You have to have a certain number of Yankee hats. Yes. Uh, you do. You, you update your Tims about twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> and he bitches about how much they cost. Right. How much were Tims this time? I remember you saying that right. last time you replaced them. Um, those, are the, those, are the only, those are the only ones that I see you that hey, run around and have to get. That's it. Okay. Your hats and your Tims. And listen, I used to be a far I used to be way worse when I was in my twenties and I was trying to be one of the Joneses and the press hoes. I used to go all I, I lived at the mall. Now, hey man, I got my uniform. When I travel, my flip flops, my 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 sweats, my shirt, my hat, my stage wear, the shirt, the hat, the jeans, and the Tim boots. Yeah. All right. That's that's fair. I think I think you're being honest when you say you don't. I really don't. That's why when I do splurge, I don't have a problem because I know I'm not over the top with it, dude. I don't know if any of you guys 
boar's head makes a honey ham. It's really good. With the black rim around it. I won't eat it, but I know it's good. Oh, my God. That ham is so fucking sweet. Ham, maybe a little capicola. Uh, pussy. And video games. And I'm good, baby. I'm good. Dude. If you if you're spending money for pussy, can you you should get one that at least does a little shopping for you. You should find one of those girls that you can get that just handles your shopping, maybe makes you a meal that day that she comes over. She fucks you, tucks you in, and everything's done. I'm looking for the right Asian. <laughs> I'm looking for somebody who's willing to be my partner. All right, Ranjit Randawa. Question for your podcast. Questions for your podcast. How long do you have to grind as a comedian starting or does it vary? What's the shortest grind story you've ever heard and the longest? What's the best? Let's just answer this question by question. Okay, question by question. There are no rules to this. And once again, Jamie Masada from the Laugh Factory tries to live by rules. Ten years, buddy. It takes ten years for you to be official comedian. Bullshit. There's no rules to this. You never know. Some dudes grind for 10 plus years and don't become official comedian. Some dudes do it for way less and blow the fuck up. You don't know. That's the craziness of this business. Okay, but in what they're saying is, would you agree that it takes, and I'm not saying 10 years, but 10, let's say 10, whatever the average is on how many times you go up, 10 years, of stage time before you get that stage presence. I mean, some people have it immediately, but I'm saying, would you say the average comic, the 10 years is kind of the... the I don't the know because I've never lived by that rule. Well, because you hit at a different time. Right, and everybody's circumstance is different, and, and to try to narrow it down to these are the specific rules is ridiculous. But you don't You think, don't know. But you don't think for the first time you went on stage to where you were at 10 years later that you had a solid command of your stage and there was some time in between that I don't know if it's year been, one and two? I, I don't know if it's been 10 years. I, 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 don't, I don't know. It might have been three for you. I, right, I don't know the benchmark. I don't think it was three. I, I definitely think the more time you put in, the more seasoned you become. So I wouldn't go... Earlier is better, unless you're just a phenom. Well, it's like you can cook something, and, and, and I know I'm taking this out of context, and you're probably going to disagree with this one too. You can cook something, and because you, you use the word season, you can cook something in a microwave, and you can get it done quick. But is it does it taste as good? That's that's the thing. I mean, that seasoning, that that right. that time you have on stage, how it thickens your skin, how you're prepared for people. Right. That's what makes the difference in comedy. So to to tell jokes, you could be the guy that you know you're you. Go on YouTube, you hit it, and you're ready to roll. But you're not, you don't have all the, the tools in the bag yet. Right. And those are the guys that tend to come and go quickly. Yeah. Longevity counts. You just don't know how much. Uh, what's the best paycheck you've ever gotten and the worst? Well, that's none of your fucking business. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to. I learned this lesson. Uh, it's never best to talk money no. openly. And I and and because I was young, stupid, cocky, arrogant, uh, somewhat full of myself, I wouldn't mind bragging about what I got, especially when motherfuckers are telling you you washed up and you ain't shit. 
Well, like motherfucker perspective, but it's best to keep your finances quiet. Um, but there was one thing in there that I think you could answer. Did you ever not get paid? Did you ever have a gig? Yes. So that's the worst paycheck. The, 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 yes, I, the I, one not getting one. Yeah. That's, and that's where Bruce Bruce said on a tour bus one time, hey, man, get paid. Fuck the dumb shit. Fuck what they tell you. Before you touch that stage, get paid. And when I understood the value of that, I don't care what you call me. I don't care what my perception is. We got to argue and fight. You got to pay me, nigga. You got to pay me. Uh, Funny story. Uh, When they did the roast of uh, Flavor Flav, and I think Cat Williams told this story. And he was like, nigga, you ain't embarrassed at the fact that niggas dog you and make fun of you and say the things they do about you? Flavor Flav, he said, Flavor Flav goes, man, I don't give a fuck what they say about me. They got to pay me, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's like, dude, get paid. Moral of the story. Um, How does groupie game work? Uh. You know, it, it defines itself, nigga. When you, when you hot or when you make motherfuckers laugh, hoes want to fuck you. Uh, I remember when Patrice died uh, and Opie and Anthony had Chris Rock on and they did a big kind of a, um, a memory session of Patrice. And Chris Rock said, just because you're popular doesn't mean you're healthy. When you're popular, you get all the pussy you want. It doesn't mean you're healthy. So it's like, yeah, groupie game is nice. It's always nice to get laid, but your health is number one. Dude, listen, I haven't, I haven't done any of that. I've had my girl. I've been faithful, but I'm going to tell you, there is nothing more intoxicating though when that girl looks at you. Oh, nigga. that look where you are the greatest. Oh, nigga. And when I was with you in, uh, it was somewhere in California, and this girl, it was like four girls, and one of them, they're, they're talking to you, and one, the one girl comes over to me, and she goes, she goes, I love you. And and I go, thank you, that's nice. And she goes, no, man, you don't get it. I really love you. Oh, I was like, it's cold for, we're fucking. I was like, oh, that just, it feels, there's dude, nothing that I, feels like that. I've always said, being a famous dude, is the equivalent to being a woman that's pretty with big tits. Our fame is a woman's big tits. Everybody wants to talk to you. When you kill a show and you're the guy, it falls in your lap. I, listen, I'm it's not beautiful. I have no fame. I can't imagine it with fame because even without it, I'm like, there's moments where you go, wow. Like it just, right. it takes me, yeah, it, it, it takes you away because you can't believe that. You're doing something you love, and someone else loves you for what you just did, and it, it's right. not—it's not a normal feeling. Listen, was John Belushi Chevy Chase? Did he have a cleft chin? Was he tall? Was he slender? Some of these guys in comedy, Ryan Reynolds—I'm sure it gets a lot of pussy, but please believe Chris Farley got just as much. <laughs> Because, dude, when you're, I'm telling you, women are weird that way. When you're funny, it's a, it's a natural aphrodisiac. Now, I'm not naive. Again, you put fame on that. You put money on that. You put success on that. 
it heightens it. And Farley actually had cocaine, too. And that, too. But, dude, when you can tickle a woman's tummy, nigga, it, it, it matters. Now, if you, if you Ryan Reynolds, well, then you're just a goddamn man. Hate Ryan Reynolds. I know. Oh, she's Ryan Reynolds. I'd like to hear from both you and Andy as well, which you just did. You got to be on the boondocks. As Bill Cosby, Arnold, The Terminator, Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z, that new show needs new blood. Also a suggestion. Half in your YouTube info from what time to what time certain topics are discussed. Example. Intro thoughts on great movie scenes twenty plus, and he gives time codes. I, I'm not sure what you mean with the time codes or what you mean. I think so. People can find like if they were scanning, skimming through it, they could say, "Oh yeah, I want to hear about this movie." It's amazing. The Jews always are able to maintain the numbers. I had no fucking idea what he was talking about. And between the wine and the other shit I've drank, I'm my brain will explode trying to figure that out. Even through the intoxicants, nigga, you maintain your focus. Yeah, well, but see, what's important? I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a healthy suggestion if we were really doing a video podcast, but a video cast. But we're not doing that. It, that is just an uncut, raw version of what we do, so people can see what it. One of the reasons we don't do it is because if you watch it, we're in a hotel room. We're on uh, my I- iPhone. This is as raw as it's going to get. I mean, we're honestly. If we had to do this early, Aries would be in his sweatpants, and I would be in my what? sweatpants. It, we wouldn't. It, it's uh, this podcast the, from the inception was to just be two guys on the road talking about shit. That's that's it. So, yeah, I understand your point. That would be nice, uh, but it's it, it would be more work than what I think we're going to put into it. God, these fucking babies. he's dropping his shit all the time. Fucking neat. Throwing my fucking rhythm off. All right. Oh, shit. Here we go. Dude, are you sure I'm the older one? I'm nigga. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm surprised for 55. At times. <laughs> Matthew Riggins. Mookie. Merry Christmas, nigga. Yo, bro, I had to cop them slippers you posted on your IG, but I ain't get the George. I got the Yeezys. I got enough actual George niggas. I hope they're as comfortable as you said they were. Peace, bro. Mookie. Uh, yeah, dude, I want more. And I'm finding out as I get older, I care less about important shit. Shit that means nothing, shit that's cheap, means more to me. Give me socks. Give me drawers. Give me s- slippers that are f- big and furry. That means more to me. I can buy my own video games. I can buy anything else I want. That shit means something to me. Them fucking slippers. Let me tell you something. I got a ritual. When I'm home, I take a hot shower. I've pretty much already called Andy. Uh, I get the fucking the Tito's. I put a little bit of the fucking Sprite. Whatever, sugar-free shit. I got my weed that I get from DC Collective. I put on fresh drawers, shorts, my tube socks a la Michael Cooper, Showtime Lakers. Right below the knee? Right below the knee. I put on my fucking furry slippers. 
a fresh crisp tea and I brush my beard and I put on my hat and nigga, I'm fantastic. I'm good, nigga. I got in my theater room, I got my surround sound chair. I got the PS three, four, five. Nigga, I'm good, nigga. That's I the older I get, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. You remind me of Jay Moore when I asked him why he had the socks in his rider. Right. He goes, Have you don't you know the feeling of putting on a brand new oh, pair of socks? God. What feels better than that? Oh. God damn it. Uh oh, it's for my girl. My Sherry Amore. Da summer day. Uh first of all, oh, public decorum, she says is the subject. First of all, how dare you? You should know me better than that. Uh with a wink emoji. I fucking hate bonnets and don't wear them at all. Yes, I wear a scarf to protect my hair and caps at night. Even then, I wait until it's time to go to bed before I put it on. While we're talking, we can also ban house shoes, pajamas, rollers, shower, and wave caps in public. Let me stop right here. Yes, all the nigga shit. All the shit that makes a motherfucker go on. I like on. I believe items meant for indoors should not be worn in public. We've addressed our brothers and sisters. Andy, you are now on the clock. I need you to get your white people in line. Tell them we know their love. We know they love their pets, but the rest of us don't give a damn about them. Leave their dirty animals at home. Don't bring them to the store or even worse, a restaurant. We also need to stop with the fake service animal bullshit. If you can't bring Fluffy on the flight, then rent a damn car. Yes, we've progressed as a society, and it's great, but one thing that suffered is the social contract. People don't always need to look like they're going to business to a business meeting, but don't leave the house looking like they've completely given up on life. Is it really that hard to look like a productive member of society when you walk out the door? That's all for now. Who's going to help me get down from my high horse? C.E. See, uh, I don't understand the pet thing. And I think that's because... That's, that's where, a white thing. That's where my Hispanic side comes out. Because right. the Hispanic side is we have a pet, and if things get real bad, we're going to eat that. Uh, wow. <laughs> I never expected that. That's, I mean, it's, I mean, if you were in... A, you see the plane crash movies, right? And then they'll eat a person? Okay. Okay. We, I, I'm just saying... That is the step in between the person. Right. I, I don't get the dog thing. We, uh, uh, Hispanics, I just, I grew up that I, I think growing up that way, our dog was our pet. It wasn't part of the family. It was the pet. I mean, we loved the dog. The dog got to well, come in the house. Well, that's culturally the separation. That, and, I, and again, I'm not speaking for Hispanics, but you are. But hearing you say this, this is the common denominator. Whether you black or brown... We just don't view our pets with the same type of bond that white folks do. If the house is burning and the pet is inside, they will risk their life for the pet. Niggas go, well, shit. Well, your relationship with your uh, with your pet 
it's going to be five to what 13 14 years anyway fuck the math i'm just saying we that's, go that's, that's an animal nigga that, that's what i'm saying if that's i think i might be crazy because I, there's going to be a lot of white folks that don't understand me in this or feel this way about me but when i see someone spending eight thousand dollars to save their <laughs> dude i i I understand that it's close to you and it's, but honestly, we, there's a lot of people, a lot of humans in this world that don't get $8,000 spent on them when they're sick. So I I have a, I have a hard time coming through with that. Right. As far as pets on the plane, I don't think pets should be allowed on the plane. If you need a service animal, then there should be a service section. Because you bring your dog on, and this happened recently. Someone brought their dog on the plane because she needed it, and they also had a cat. And I'm going to tell you, this was not a white. This was not a white woman. What? Yeah, and they were they were bringing their pets. I I don't I I bought my seat. If you really want to bring your pet and your pet's worth it to you, then buy a seat for your pet. Pets and kids belong in their own section. Section. I really. Man, I'm not trying. I, I, I really didn't fly when I had my kids. I really didn't because I didn't want to make my kids someone else's responsibility. Thank you. When I would go to a restaurant, if my kids were good, we sat at the restaurant. The minute my kids started where I couldn't calm them down, if they were crying or they were upset, I picked my kids up and I went outside. The but restaurant the difference door. is, you have that as an option. You can pick yeah. your kids up and leave. But I'm saying on a plane, so do there's no option. So do most people, but they don't take that option when they're at the restaurant. They'll they'll sit there and make me endure their child. Right. When I was a manager at one of the restaurants I was at, I, there was someone that was with their kid. It was during a happy hour, and the kid was screaming and kept screaming. And, was, and I finally went up there and I go, "Listen, I I think I, I love you as a human being, but everybody came in here to have a good time at happy hour, and none of them brought their kids but you." Right. And there's a reason why this happened this way. And I would love to give you a gift certificate to come back, but I need you to come back because this is happy hour. Right. And I don't think they ever came back. I think they were mad at me. But there's sometimes when you've got to know that people are here to – we're working together on this, and we want to help you with your kids. We want you to do well with your kids. We just don't necessarily need to make it our responsibility. But see, this is why I say this is the lie that people tell. Because it's frowned upon to not like kids. It's frowned upon to not get all googly-eyed and, oh, when I think the reality is there's nothing wrong with going, dude, if you're not my child, get the fuck away from me. I'm not googly-eyed. I'm not, oh, sugar-dugger-dugger-dugger, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not a fan of children. I'm not. I I love. I like. I love kids. I love them when their parents have them. I love them when their parents are dealing with them. Right. I don't want to deal with you. I had my kids. I dealt with them. I didn't make them your responsibility. Right. Don't make your kids my responsibility. Now, if I was outside and I saw a kid that was about to get hurt or something, that's a whole different story. I'm not talking yeah, about... Yeah, no, no, no. It's human behavior. Yes, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your kids screaming. You're at a restaurant. Pick your kid up. Take him outside the restaurant. Don't bring your dog to the restaurant because I didn't bring my dog. You know, the be- everybody says, oh, but you know your dog. You know what? A- I, I got to take my dog here. I got to take my... You know where a great place for your dog is? Your backyard. And if you don't have a backyard, maybe you were mean... To your animal for getting the pet. I never understood people who brought kids to movies. 
Like, how fucking selfish and rude. We're watching a movie, and I got to hear your toddler cry, especially if it's a movie that's not meant for toddlers. Because you want to be selfish and see this movie. And bring your... Get the fuck out of here. This, but this is the conversation. I'm surprised we're actually having this right now because people aren't going to enjoy this conversation. A lot of people are going to be upset about this because we should love the... But we don't. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's frowned upon because the politically correct thing to do is go see a child and go, aw. But the honest answer is we don't... If we go to an adult space... We don't want your kid there. There you go. An adult space. Get the fuck out of here. And and if the airlines actually cared about their customers, they would have a section because if you had a section for parents to have their kids and it was a better like it was in the back of the plane, the kids were all together, the parents, everybody's and the kids screaming, but it's all the parents that have kids right. that are screaming. And the rest of us could go around our, our yeah. regular business, we'd all be happy with like it. Like when you go in an airport and now if there even is one, the smoking section, the cancer box, is a bunch of motherfuckers stuck in a small cubicle smoking cancer sticks. Okay, that is what it is. Do the same thing for the plane. Have a cubicle. It would be, it would for be nice. loud kids. Because and, and not to be mean, this isn't about being mean to children. This is about the honest truth. Every time the plane takes off, I see parents, especially these parents that ha- this is their first kid, and I can see them on the plane, and their kids start screaming when we're when we're as we're going through the air because they don't understand the kids' ears, just like your ears, are adjusting the eye rolls that when you when you look at the people who are bothered by the kids, the eye rolls of. Jesus. And it's not people that hate your kids. It's people that had kids and didn't make other people deal with those kids. One of my favorite movies, uh, as good as it gets, with Jack Nicholson, Greg Kinnear, just watched the other night. Helen Hunt, uh, Jack, Nicholson. Gooding, Jack Nicholson, Cuba Gooding Jr. Because he plays the asshole that lives within all of us. Some of us, most of us, aren't brave enough to be that. So we hide it. We're quiet. But that character, Melvin, I forget his last name, Trudell, Melvin something. Innately, that is who we all are. We want to go shut the fuck up. We want to have no reservations. We want to have no filters. But again, it's politically incorrect to be that. Because we want to live in a polite society. But in order to truly live in a polite society, the... Everybody would have to be polite, and they would under, have to understand what that meant. So what that would mean is if you have a child and you're going to be on a tube for five to six hours, you're going to bring someone on that's not going to be very cooperative in those five or six hours for the most part. Where do they teach you to talk like that? At some one hump hump bar <laughs> like, like, dude, what's great about that movie, he has some of the greatest one-liners slash liners where he's just so fucking brutally honest where you either thought about that, felt that, you just knew you couldn't say it. My, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, I'm sorry, the, the chick, the, the cute chick, as he's leaving his, public, his publisher's office. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just have to let you know what your work means. To, can I just tell you what your work means to me? He takes a sigh. What does it mean to you? How do you know how to write for women so well? I think of a man. 
and then I take away reason and accountability. Dude. That was that's that's a Dude. cold line. One of my lines that I like just because it's a normal guy line. And most people miss I, most people don't even hear it because right. it's just such a a way for a guy to to think. Right. But that line when he comes back, she's in the restaurant and he had to go get he wouldn't wear the the used sports Yes. Clothes. So he goes to go get another sports cuz and then he just kind of giggles. She says, "What are you laughing at?" And she goes, "Well, I just think it's really weird, you know, that I would have to that they would let you in in a house dress. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and I she's offended. So offended. But he wasn't wrong. I mean, he wasn't wrong. They, anybody could come in in any dress and they would be allowed in. But right. he has to have a, a, a suit coat. But here's the sweet, mwah, the way he cleaned it up. Tried to clean it up. No, no, he cleaned it up. Okay, yeah. That was one of the coldest pip lines ever. And she goes... Say something to me nice, Melvin, or I'm going to get up and walk away. You have no idea what you said. Just hurt my feelings. And he goes, you could still give me the dirty looks, but do it sitting down. And he goes, I had to take these pills. And I use the word hate as though if there was another word stronger than hate, I would use it. But I hate to take these pills. And the other day, I took these pills. And she goes, I don't understand how that's a compliment to me. You make me want to be a better man. Oh. That was that is that is a cold line. Ooh, woo! Like like you could be the asshole of assholes, but if you're smart enough and you're quick enough, you can always rewrite your outcome. Well, but that was he was being honest in that moment. Yes, yeah. The whole movie, like, dude, even Greg Kinnear, who again playing a gay dude. Was it over-the-top, stereotypical, flamboyant, it's a raining man, gay men, which we've seen. There was, there was a subtlety to it. There was one particular moment where he says something to Jack, and the way he put his chin in the air and tossed and walked away, it was the perfect je ne sais quoi of gayness. But... Even those moments when he was down on his luck the most and Jack would say, uh, uh, you know, get your last hug here from Helen Hunt because it's going to be a moment before you get a hug for a while. Some of, even in some of his gay insults, you just went, again, honestly, we've all been that guy. We've all thought those thoughts. We've all, we've all felt those feelings. Gay guys have those same thoughts to other gay guys. Right. It's not... We, we as dudes, we just that's how we think. Right. It's not. It's not inconceivable for to, that movie is so honest. It is minus the political correctness, and that's why I love it. Again, one of my favorite scenes. He goes to Helen Hunt. I have Jews at my table. Because you guys don't want to hurry up and finish up. I didn't know that your appetites were longer than your beaks. Oh come on, dude. Oh, that's one of the great ones. Um, I think we got time for one more. Yeah, uh, our girl. <laughs> I love that scene though. There's there, there's, there's Jews at my table. table, and he put the emphasis on the Jews. There's Jews at my table. Come on, your appetites aren't longer than your beaks. But but, uh, but when he said it, and he said it with such fervor, I still wasn't offended by the Jewish line. He was identifying right. them as there's these Jews. At oh, my- whoa, 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 but wait, the great scene which is the equal to that with Cuba Gooding, where he says something 
and Cuba gets pissed off and raises his voice and and Jack gets panicked and goes, Hey, uh, I want to get this right. He goes, hey, like he's yelling out because he's feeling like he's being threatened. He goes, and you're black. Like you're threatening me and you're black. They'll put you under the jail. Fucking love it. Love it. That movie, it didn't pull the punch. No. It just gave it to you. No. And and uh, I want to say the guy that produced that. It won an Academy Award too, didn't it? Absolutely it did. Uh one of the producers of The Simpsons, James L. Brooks. Oh, is he the... James L. Brooks is the producer of that movie. And he was one of the main producers of The Simpsons. Um, and it's one of those where you go, what else has James L. Brooks done since then? Which is not a lot. So is that either by, I'm so successful and I've made so much money, I don't have to, so I'm taking a break because... Why haven't we seen anything else? If you're that brilliant and you push out work that's that brilliant, why are we not seeing more from you? Like Cameron Crowe, almost famous. Yeah. And Jerry Maguire. Past that, I don't know what Cameron Crowe has done. So why have you pulled a Barry Sanders? Are you done because you want to be? I can't imagine it's because Hollywood is going, we ain't fucking with you. Nigga, you did Jerry Maguire. You did almost famous. Is Cameron Crowe still alive? I thought. Yes. Cameron Crowe. But he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. So you think, do you think it's a Hollywood situation? I don't know. That's a great mystery. But you know what's funny too, when you talk about uh, Brooks, when you do cartoons, the reason you do cartoons is because you can say things in a cartoon that you can't say in real. Yes. Yeah. It's, It's to give you that leeway to write it. Right. Because you can't do Homer Simpson as a, a, a real person. Yeah. Maybe. What are, listen, one of the most controversial episodes of Family Guy, they did a thing where they referenced John F. Kennedy uh, being shot, and they recreated the scene where he gets shot in the head as a Pez dispenser. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was like, pow, and his head blows clean off. But then comes back, back with another candy. And uh, it was a whole shit moment. But again, it was a cartoon. So it seems like they could get away with that versus how do you pull that off in real life? The only people that had pulled it off, I thought, did a great job. Seinfeld did, did it. To that degree? No, not to that degree, but it was a very... And it wasn't really about Kennedy, even though it was about Kennedy. It was more about that movie... That um, uh, who's the director? That I'm, 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 gonna, I'm I way off by going the Sapruda films. Yeah, but no, it wasn't the Sapruda films, but it was based on part of that. It's the jeez, oh, here we go again. Um, who's the controversial director that did? Uh, I can't remember. The Oliver film. Stone. Yeah, Oliver Stone. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. He did that Kennedy movie where he took all the outside. Things that were happening and, and the lawsuit that happened in right. was it Texas? That, no, it wasn't Texas. That's where Kennedy got shot? It wasn't Texas. It was. Uh, it might have been Texas. It was where he got shot. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, where there was another lawsuit and he used that basis of that lawsuit, the Zagruder films, and then some innuendo that was circling around about 
mob ties. And he made that right. movie. Well, then there's the scene uh, where they talk about the magic loogie, where uh, Kramer gets spit on by uh, the baseball fan. Yeah. Yes. And so then he keeps doing that. And they kept doing the Kennedy yeah. thing. Yeah. And right. back and to the right. But that back wasn't the right. even Yeah, as... no, no, no. It wasn't right. as close to what you're saying. Right. But for television and real people, that was the closest I can think right. of anybody who's come close to it. Dude, there is a certain release of satisfaction you get from being able to be honest and free of not giving a fuck of consequences and repercussions and going, I don't care. Which is one of the reasons what I think made that movie Liar Liar so great with Jim Carrey. Because it's in the same vein, but that's comedy full throttle. Yeah. But just being able to go, I don't give a fuck. Liar Liar could be very interesting made with someone who wasn't as over the top as Jim Carrey. Right. It could be very interesting to see it in a darker way than than Carrie gives it a silliness that allows right. a lot of things to happen, but a darker comedy. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest satisfactions I get, and this is probably to my own detriment, is when I'm on stage and no matter what the chaos is, what the noise is, the level of laughter, volume, whatever, you you know, you hear certain things. Amongst the chaos, because when you do when you do this long enough, you can drown out the ah, and the yells and the, and the and all that, and you listen for the moments. And when the audience is dying down, but you hear the one or two pockets of people go, "This nigga's crazy." Yo, this motherfucker. Yo, you heard what he said? Oh my god, that to me is so ego driven because I'm going. Yeah, I'm 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 Melvin Udall. That that's a- I, I'm 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 you, you're doing shit that again makes people go. We live in a time and an age where this is deemed unacceptable, and you're doing it, and you're not giving a fuck, and they live vicariously through you because they're going. Either I agree, I thought it myself, I felt it myself, I said it myself, but because of this moisture age we live in. You can't do it, and this nigga's doing it. But don't you think that's always been the situation where you, it, this is mo- like you, you you like to use the word moist? Yes, there is a pullback. People are trying to be careful because there's consequences right now. Because honestly, a thousand people on social media can can take you out of your, out of the game. Nigga, one motherfucker on social media okay. can take you out of the game. So that being said, though, don't you think it's always been comedy's always been about? Everything that everyone's the best comedy when you can find those little nuggets is everyone thought it, but no one ever wanted to say it in polite society. Yes, you say it and it and it pops. By the way, that was the title of uh, one of Pryor's records. By the way, which was what? Which you which you just said. Everybody's saying to you in the audience, "This thing is crazy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the idea of that right is been with comedy. Yes. From the beginning. But now everybody's so spooked out. Yes. At the fact that you can't do that. It weighs more when you get to do it because now you're not only crazy, uh, you're suicidal. Yeah, man. Uh, I want to make sure I quote this right. One of the great lines in uh, Fight Club, Brad Pitt says to Ed Norton, 
something, something I'm paraphrasing. Some to the extent of you're at your most free when you have nothing to lose. Yeah. When you don't give a shit and you got nothing to lose, you're at your most free. Yeah, well, they say, too, the most dangerous animal is one that's cornered. Right. Because well, what's, what's your other option? Right. If I have nothing to lose, you can't take away it's anything It's just from trying me. to marry that connection between... Uh, well, people go, you're free to say anything you want. But what you're not free for is you're free of the consequences and repercussions. Say whatever you want. Uh, but you have to deal with the consequences and the repercussions. When you can get to a point where if it's even possible for you to say whatever you want to say and mentally... And <laughs> say whatever you want to say but benefit from it without the consequences and the repercussions. Which is which is the catch twenty two, which is the good luck. Yeah, but we're also even as comics though we're never really free. I, no matter how good you are and how Patrice talks about it, how Dave is in it, but there's still a certain amount, and maybe maybe you do at some point give it up, but not to be funny to have that night where you felt there was. Less laughs than words, where you leave not feeling accomplished as a comedian. That's still the fear. Right. I mean, we all want to say, yeah, well, they didn't like us. That's too bad. I said what I needed to say, and it's funny. But again, somewhere in that space, being able to say you don't give a fuck and mean it seems like the reward is if you can stick to that, that's where you win. Yeah, but how many in comedy? That's where the prize is. In comedy, even going and thinking about it, how many people do you think really have ever entered that realm? Second to none, because it's a scary realm. And while we all want to beat our chest like King Kong and go, "I'll do that. I could do that," you really can't. Well, and you really won't. Sometimes, especially with newer comics that I've seen or people who've come, you know, that I've had words with throughout my my little time in doing comedy, they're like, "Yeah, but I'm just too real, man. I'll talk about shit that's going." Anybody that says that, you know, is selling fake propaganda. Because yeah, you can talk. We can all talk about anything. It's easy to do that, but to make it funny, to go through the fire and make it funny, because <sighs> like we all know, Burr's that thing Burr did on SNL. That took a while. That didn't make it. It wasn't like he was just, I'm going to say this and went on SNL. Take, hey, man. You got to make it funny. To die to live, who's walking that walk? To die to live. That's, we, can talk, we can talk that shit all day. But to really walk that walk. Poof. Last one from AB. <laughs> She puts this to Andy Steinberg. Oh, hell no. Good morning, ANA. I too dislike seeing black women. Uh well, okay. Wearing a scarf, hair bonnet in public, and saggy pants for men. It pisses me off. I have openly told plenty of our people to do better. It's interesting to hear Andy express how white people don't look at themselves as a whole. I guess I never really considered that because I'm always looking for a black connection, as I am often a minority in many circles. There is really something special about making eye contact with another person of color and sharing that mutual space, 
smile, nod. However, I try my best to not let myself get too caught up with being embarrassed by the actions of other black people, especially when I have no control over their thoughts and actions. It's tough, but my awareness gives me the upper hand. Have a great show. Good day, A.B. You know, A.B., once upon a time ago, I said, whenever black people discuss race, white people throw in black-on-black crime. Well, what about black-on-black crime? And I would always go, uh, white people, it's not your business to worry about what goes on in our locker room. What goes on in black people's locker room slash community is our business. Ain't your fucking business. But more importantly, uh, no black person has the ability to control what other ignorant niggas do in the streets. Is black on black crime an issue? And I hate, again, let me, not, not, not fuck black on black, because again, people kill based on uh, where they live and, and geographically. and geographically. But more importantly, fuck black, crime is crime. White people kill white people, Asians kill Asians, Latinos, Latinos. That That's just a scapegoat to go, let's take the emphasis off of what's going on in terms of cops killing niggas and put it on black on black crime so that we don't have to deal with that reality. And again, I always say, dude, I have no control over what ignorant niggas do in the street. If ignorant niggas want to kill other niggas, I have no control over that. So why are you putting that on me? I can only control what I do. And to try to control that is like controlling the war on drugs. It's an impossible fight. So stop it. Um, But yes, it bothers me when we do certain things culturally that again, as Andy just taught me, not stigmatism, but stigma. It perpetuates a stigma. And if we can somehow eliminate that, I think that's a big that plays a big part uh, in our culture so that we can end the bullshit that we are this way. We are that way. Um, so I'm all for that. Um, so let's let's knock that off as far as trying to control what other black people do, because you just don't have it. You just will never have that kind of control. It's impossible. Some motherfuckers is raised a certain way, brought up a certain way, taught a certain way, which means they're going to behave a certain way. That's not my responsibility. It's not. And it's crazy to think that you could take that on. Why would you? You can't. It's too many. It's too many motherfuckers out there just doing their own thing based off how they was raised and taught. I'm not taking on that responsibility. Man, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus on this one, but Rappaport has... Mike Rappaport. Yeah, has a lot of comments about... That kind of shit? Yeah. You know, you haven't heard those? Well, I know Mike Rappaport uh, comes off as one of the white guys who has a permanent pass to the cookout. Uh, I think I think that his pass is some of the stuff... Valid? That, no, some of the stuff that's that he said recently has got, <laughs> at least in certain areas, his, his pass revoked. Really? Yeah. Some people were that's not, that's news to me. No, some people Can weren't I feeling that uh, that charger. Yeah, some people weren't feeling any of the stuff that he was. Really? Saying. Yeah. So, uh oh. So that being said, it's always funny when the pass well all of a sudden turns on you. Well, he he talked, but his 
And here's where, like, I, I'm I'm not validating his point, but here's here's one of his questions. When let's not make it black on black crime, because this is one of his concerns that he had. When uh, somebody kill, ended up killing a few kids in the black community, he goes, "Where was the outrage though from from the community for the for those kids being killed? Why wasn't there outrage like there is uh, with other th- with when other things happen to the community?" He goes, shouldn't there be as much effort? I'm paraphrasing now too. Shouldn't there be as much effort into the community to uh, because something like that's happened? Right. Listen, uh, and then that being said, I'll, I'll say I, I think it was a DL. I read it off of DL's page when he they said uh, they always talk about black people being crabs in a bucket. Has anybody asked who put the crabs in the bucket? I, I think when you put people in a, a, in, in a, in a situation. Where you, where there is almost no other way out, you're going to find out that there's going to be uh, discontent, right? And which can lead to violence and can lead to a dangerous community um, for people that are in that locked up and can't get out of that. I, I think that's kind of part of the problem. I, it's not kind of part of the problem. That is where the problem came from. And so, so when it's disingenuous when I hear people say black on black crime. Because, again, that is a geographic situation. We have a lot of black people in, in bad communities that were set up for reasons they got that way because of how white uh, leaders, uh, politicians, uh, redlined areas, uh, banking areas, uh, home sales areas, uh, uh, highway, freeway areas. It was set up that way. So, And then when the numbers are larger, the white people, a lot because, because of the... Uh, uh, total amount of white, what there's a better word for what I was trying to say, but the larger amount of white right. population, there's, there's very, there's a lot of deaths, a lot of murders in the white community. So I, I don't understand how we try to, that that's what we're going to pick out. I understand kind of what Rappaport is saying, because you need his, his feeling is that you should bring attention to all of it. This is a bigger, this is a problem that needs to get fixed. I don't necessarily agree that that's where the attention should be put on. I would look at why the community is in a situation like this. When you, when it's very, it's been pointed out, you can't get there's they don't open uh, in a lot of black communities. They don't have uh, a good access to food because no one wants to open up a good market there. They don't uh, there's there's liquor stores, there's gun stores. Where where's the access to better uh, a better living, better health? So because I didn't hear the quote or what you're talking about. I want to try to see if I can be clear on something. Because prior to what you just said, Michael has always come off like he's been one of the number one champions for black causes. So are you saying to me that at some point recently, he said some things that make black people go, what? Yeah. Okay. Now, now he's still, a lot of people did agree with him. Okay. But obviously, you know, in social media... People are going to come at you when they don't agree with you or don't understand to the fullest of what you were trying to communicate. Okay, here's here's what always gets scary with white folks that want to help are down with us. Here, I'm here yeah. to help. At some point, they're instinctive, and I don't know if that's a word, but instinctual, instinctive, instinct. Their whiteness kicks in, and they say shit. That finally proves as much as you're down, 
there is a disconnect between your intentions and what you know and what's honest and what's real. And it's like, yes, we know your heart is in the right place. We know your intentions are in the in the right place. We know you down with us. You official tissue, nigga. But at some point, because again, you are not part of the culture. You don't live the life. You don't possibly know what we know because we live this. We're in this skin. You will eventually say some shit and do some shit to make us go, uh, you see, you don't get it all the way. Would it, wouldn't it be... Like as down as you are with us and have been with us and ride with us and we're grateful for it, at some point, your whiteness comes through where you make a mistake, even if it's not intentional or with malice in your heart. But you finally say something that makes us go, ah, see? But don't you think it's almost... I don't, want to, I don't know what the right word is for it because disingenuous isn't the right word for it. But for... Uh, for not being if you're if you don't grow up in the culture if you're not part of that day to day how can you honestly in your own head and i'm talking as like as the white guy in this room right now in my own head yeah i can understand things i can i can come up with things i can reason my way through things but if i didn't grow up that way 100% that way right how am i supposed to relate to that and if you grow up even as a as, as I might be wrong on this, so this is a question I'll ask you. If you grew up as a black man in in wealth and away from like black culture, you grew up in a in a different situation, and culturally, you might be the only black dude in your neighborhood all through high school. Not the only only black dude, but everyone else is in that right. same. Do you do you still relate to that community? Can you can you could you speak to that community the same way? I mean, there is inherited I mean, things. I, mean, it, it, I think it depends on how deep your roots are embedded in that. If at any point you've lost touch or your roots were never deeply embedded in that to begin with, then yeah, at some point you'll be just as disconnected as anybody else. But if inherently you've always been ingrained within that culture, within that community, and you've never lost touch, then no. No. Um... I wish I would have heard the quote myself. I, I, I wish I, I just know that he took some heat from it because people didn't like what he they, they felt he was implying something different. Yeah, I, I I just think it's always a slippery slope and dangerous. And again, I don't want to see, seem like I'm shunning white people's involvement because I think again, and we touched upon this earlier, to make true change, you need everybody's involvement. But I think when you become so ingrained that you believe your own hype, I ain't like the average white guy. I'm with the niggas. I eat the ribs and the black eyed peas and the chitlins. I understand y'all. As connected as you could be based on all the things you've done, read, researched upon, did your homework, feel genuine place, there's nothing like 100% being that genuine you live it you breathe it you wake up with it you go to bed with it and you don't have a choice so when you actually are living in the skin you mean to tell me you're going to tell me better than me 
and I live in the skin and you don't, I don't give a fuck how much you want, how much you try, how, how honest your intentions are, how noble. At the end of the day, I go to bed with this. I wake up with this. This is, I live it, I breathe it, I think it. And at some point, because you don't, you may say and do some shit that is an aha moment. Aha. Finally, your whiteness came through and you said some dumb shit. To me, and I agree with everything you're saying right now. To me, my, my, my idea in my head, first of all, is that I'll never understand. That's my, my, my first statement is that I'll never I'll do my best to understand, but I'm never going to understand because one of the great, one of the sayings that I always hear people, you never know how it is till you walk a mile in someone's shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to walk a mile in your shoes and your skin because it changes the perspective. And knowing that to me is is just as important because when you know that, then you know that you're playing the position. I'm not. The, I'm not that part of the community, but I have a position to play. So tell, and if you need me to do, if you, if I'm working in that way, that's a difference. And I just sometimes feel like some dudes get so comfortable, they forget their position. Yeah, I'm never. I, you go from nigga, you the six man to, I want to be the starting point guard. Nah, nigga. Nah, yo. Nah. So I, you know. It's it's just that I, I realize that, and I don't and I don't want this to be. I got my own gripes with Mike Rappaport personally, only because there have been times when he has stood in my face and told me, "Yo, we gonna do this, we gonna do that," and it didn't come to fruition. Now, why that is? Did I do something to piss you off? Did I do something to fuck that up? We could argue that all day. But if we start from ground zero, where you told me when I reached out to you, yo, Mike, I want to do your podcast. I want you to do mine. Dude, I'm a fan. We both from New York. It makes sense to now it didn't happen. Now, again, whether I fucked up somewhere along the way, we could argue that all day. Cut to you're at the Laugh Factory. Now I'm in your face. And this is what I say. All the shit you tell me on Twitter, on Instagram, we can play that sissy-ass high school game all day, which we've played. But now I'm in your face. And I say to you, as I look you in your eye, man to man, yo, Mike, nigga, what's up? And you tell me, I'm going to get you on. Cut to, you still playing me. So let me take my personal feelings out of it, even though I'm saying that to say, you showed me your character, dude. So if this is who you are in terms of character, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, man-to-man, what separates you from, you know, you say all the right things logistically, black power and I'm with the black people and blah, 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 which, again, we know from what we've seen, yes, nigga, you with us. But then you now finally starting to say some shit, which, again... A lot of white people, even if it's unintentional, you're susceptible to do because you 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 got bigger than your position. Well, I I really didn't think. Listen, I I can't uh, go into what he was saying 
uh, because I don't have it in front of me. But I don't know that he was saying. I, I really didn't feel like he was trying to. Uh, I think he was trying to be genuine, saying that this is still we, we, it's something that needs to be addressed. I don't question his good intentions. Yes, I don't question that. I how? think I think he has great intentions. How he gets there, right? But I also believe that when motherfuckers start buying into their own hype, they believe they're bigger than their position. And, and that causes them to speak out of turn and eventually put their fucking foot in their mouth. Because I, I don't give a damn. Listen, I don't give a damn. And it's and it's and again, let me be. Everybody's involvement in the fight helps the overall picture. But I don't give a damn how much you invest. Never get that comfortable. You're still a guest. In terms of black culture, our fight, our history, what we've been through, you are a guest. And I don't care how much or how deeply you get involved, never lose sight of the fact that you're a guest. Because what protects you and what differentiates us from you is when you're done being a guest or whether you stay a guest, your skin protects you always. Now, I can't deny that. Our skin makes us a target. At least a suspect. Right, a suspect. So no matter how much you eat chitlins and black eyed peas and fuck black women and, and you show your heart is in the right place, you're a guest. Your skin protects you. So when you get done being a guest, whether you choose to or you get kicked out, you're going to be okay. Actually, We're not. Actually, white skin gives you very little protection from the sun. Well, that's why y'all use the sunblock. <laughs> You gotta protect that white skin, nigga. You got to protect that white skin. Uh, there we go, baby. There we go. I, I'm I, I I'm not against Mike Rappaport. I have no beef with him. I, didn't I don't mean, have I, a beef with him I, either. I didn't mean to get it. I didn't mean to get anything. To I, I don't. I don't. I don't have a beef with him either. But I. But anybody that that knows me and and has listened to this podcast, I have a low tolerance for bullshit. And here's what's so funny: there's so many people that. Yeah, when they in your face, they say and do everything you want to hear. But when it's put to the test, so many people are so full of shit. And I know that's one of the reasons why I'm not liked very much, because when it's put to the test, nigga, what are we doing? But I'm, I'm not going to let you have that 100%, because you work in a, you, uh, more so than me, because I just do stand-up. You are part of Hollywood. You bid in movies. You work in movies. You go on call. You do all that. Yeah. Listen, it's make-believe. And Hollywood has scripts that have been green-lighted that are still sitting on the shelves 10 years later because for whatever reason, the actor that was going to play it isn't playing it. This is It's a very slow play. And you are aggressive. You want people to, if I say it, it's supposed to happen. And you have never let your uh, East Coast mesh with the relaxed atmosphere of oh man you know, like the, the 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 dude way of looking at it will happen don't i don't need to i'm not going to try to force this shit it'll happen you you don't i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying no, you've taken this attitude and put it in, uh, in a, I, 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 I could i could i could i could wait and have you string me along as long as while you're not stringing me along you're not lying to me. And giving you some connection. String, me, some sh- string me along. I'll wait. I got all that. But don't lie to me along the way. 
And 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 even that, I'm trying to figure out. All right, how do I play that better in terms of the game? But see, I don't think that a lot of people think it's it, look at it as the game. Listen, I, I, we're going to do this, and then okay, it's not happening right now. So instead of, but you you're the guy because of your because of who you are and the way that you do things. And I think it, what you do is right. I'm not right. saying that that it's wrong. That you expect someone to say, yeah, it's not happening right now. I'll let you know. Could be a week, could be a year. Right. But that's not happening. That's and that's how you you work. That's how you would work it. That's what you would say to someone, right? To an extent. But you don't get anything back, and then instead of answering uh, a question, they avoid the questions out there. Right. And I think that I think the avoidance of questions is what takes you to the edge. Where you're like, I don't care if it's a no. Just give me the fucking no. no. Yes. Just tell me no. Don't string me along and make me think it's X, Y, and Z. If it's really no, just get it. Get let's let's pull the bandaid off. One swipe. There we go. Whap. It's over. There we go. Yes. See, I, I just don't. I I think people. And now I'm getting to the point where, even if I sense it's a no, I don't even need you to tell me to know. I could feel it. I'm out. Okay. But I'm I, out. I, I think, honestly, people are... Uh, maybe I'm wrong for even saying this. I think some people are afraid to tell you. They're afraid just to say Because what they think I'm going to do. I don't know. But you know what? People are very non-confrontational. And I think they're afraid you go, well, well you know, you might be confrontational verbally. Because that's what you do. Not confrontational. You're, as you as you like to say, you play a mean game of tongue tennis. You can you can go back and forth with someone, and right. I, and I think people I think people are afraid of that. Plus, you have that reputation because some people I think have spoken out of turn that may have had situations with you uh, because of whatever it was with work or with what you guys were doing, and then they go on a podcast or something, and then they talk shit in a way where that that that's the character that they they bring of you. But that's really the char- that's the person you and they were because of your own differences, right. not who you are. Right. This is good. This is the... Uh, Listen, I... I uh, and maybe I'm living in some fantasy world. Maybe I'm disillusioned. There's a part of me that still strongly believes everything comes in cycles. Oh, of course. Everything comes around. I really... And I know I jokingly said on on probably last week's podcast... If I did another special, I would call it 100% heterosexual alpha male because I really believe we are going to get to a point where people are sick and tired of the moisture, the political correctness, the cancer culture, the the, the feminizing of men, and, and we are going to feel like we want real alpha male manhood to steal from Tim what's the comedian Tim from Home Improvement oh um you're asking me <laughs> god jeez uh you know his name yeah, tool time T- tool time we're gonna eventually want real manhood back machoism and not for the sake of just being macho just to go to Tim Allen Tim Allen we're tired of having our balls clipped off. And again, this for me is not a front. This is not an act. This is who I am. And I just I'm 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 just I'm just going, I can't conform to this moisture ass behavior. 
and I, and I just want to wait it out. I want to wait out the storm. I want to wait it out to where when it finally comes back around, people go, this nigga didn't put on a front. He didn't put on an act. He weathered the storm and he went through all the rotten times and waited for it to come full circle so that you could believe his authenticity. Yeah, I, I can see that, and I, but I know who you are. I really just think that you are misrepresented as uh, that confrontational. Per- I don't think you're confrontational. At all! I think you, you handle everything very uh, appropriately when it's given to you to handle. Your confrontation when no one wants to have the conversation. Get it done. Get it over with. Move on. Give him. I don't want to have to think about it if it's not going to happen. That's that's as easy as it is for you. There it is. Uh, how, how do you, how do you feel? Are you feeling all right? I feel like we just did a dude. A, a, I, I, we, we I, just, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I feel like this is one of the most therapeutic, yeah, peaceful, tranquil podcasts we've ever done. And I was panicked at first because I was like. Nigga, I had two shots of Patron, <laughs> maybe three. The Tito's Vodka and the Sprite. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I thought this was going to be a mess. But I'm telling you, I, this felt more... Relax. We're going to have to maybe have some drinks on the side. Experiment. Yeah. And figure out... To see what the number is before it just chemist- fucking goes off yeah, the rails. There it is. But I, I felt this was therapeutic. I felt yes. like we got somewhere. Yes. So... So there you go, guys. Uh, coming up right now, um, Spearsburg up Spearsburg Pod. All of our social media. Yes, uh, this is from uh, LV Sosa. What up, Aries? Much love and appreciation for using you. Oh, excuse me, platform to help us. I become an artist. Artist name is LV Sosa, hip hop artist from Philadelphia. My music is lyrical with vibes. His social is Instagram at I-V-S-O-S-A underscore. My EP titled Lend Me Your Ear is available on all platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Tadal, etc. His SoundCloud is www.soundcloud.com slash I V S O S A Sosa. And uh, the song is called Let the L Burn. Enjoy. We're good? That's it. There it is. Like the L. It's about to be some shit you never heard. As the clock turned, more money earned. Regrets, you live and learn. Let the L burn, let the L burn. As the clock turns, more money burn. But I make it back, no concerns, no regrets. You live, you learn. Let the L burn, let the L burn. As the clock turns, like the L. Can't tell you the future, but I know my fate. I'm eating all success, and it's a good plate. Destined for greatness, I learn from mistakes. Every time a door closed, I went another way. You be popping those pills, how you thinking straight? Rhetorical, my stat sheet's historical. A stand-up nigga, and that's applaudable. You doing something right when they want more of you. A V, remember one thing, don't give them all of you. I wrote an oath and got it notarized. 
I want the world, I won't compromise. Uh, this a real nigga, all bitches feel my vibe. I don't rap, I converse on beat. If it's beef, the conversation ceases. In the field with some muddy cleats. Quarterback, the play is never incomplete. As the clock turns, more money earned. No regrets, you live and learn. Let the L burn, let the L burn. As the clock turns, more money burn. But I make it back. No regrets, you live, you learn Let the L burn, let the L burn As the clock turn, like the L Silly rappers never chase a fan When you ride your own wave, that shit'll last And I've been surfing for a long time You see this road, let's travel, avoid the long lines Oversaturated, pointed out, but I don't blame them I send a lot of niggas shit, but I ain't raised I know it's hard when a pot's leave the instrumental, and I did beat yeah. Jumping over heads, landing on my feet uh-huh. Sometimes you gotta touch a nigga just to show your reach, your reach. The watch presidential, they shall not impeach uh-huh. The sweet presidential fucking on Can you feel it, baby?